over the past year, you've heard me preaching and talking a little bit, and it's becoming more and more uh, prominent in church circles that we're, we're speaking of us living in apostolic times. We've moved from a sense of Christendom into apostolic times. And people ask me all the time, well, what does that mean? It basically means that we're, we're going back to the beginning. We're going back to that time where the world and God's kingdom are not talking to each other. There's a separation. There's a need for a new sense of mission, you know, discipleship and the spreading of good news. That the, the gospel message has kind of been snuffed out, if you will, in the greater society. So, on Friday afternoon, I was getting ready, we were um, at the Denver airport, and I was way on some days of retreat. I was with a couple other brother priests, and we're in a restaurant having a, having a meal, and we're... You know, we're having, we're engaging in conversation with each other, but we're at one of those longer tables. And so a couple came down and sat next to us. And there was a, a girl that was right across from me. And a um, young lady, was, she's studying to become a lawyer. And, um, and so she was engaged in doing her work and her editing of things. And, and so we were just in this conversation. And the couple starts talking to Father John and Father Jeff. And they, you know, what do you guys do for a living? Catholic priests. And we engage, and, you know, and we're, we're engaging in this conversation, and they were like, oh, wow, you know. And, um, and so they, they, we were having this lively conversation with those two, and at one point, uh, someone had mentioned, one of them had mentioned, you know, Marquette University. And then that woke up the, the, the lady who was studying for, to become an attorney, and she goes, oh, my gosh, she goes, did you say Marquette? And yeah, Marquette. And she goes, oh, my, my sister played volleyball for Marquette. Oh. And then Father John looked at her and says, yeah, it's a good Catholic, good Catholic university. And she looks at him, a little annoyed, and goes, it was a university with a good volleyball program. <laughs> so that's what the, that is a sign of a need for the church to start looking more like the church. To remember that we're part of something so much greater, so much greater than the powers and the opinions and the desires of this world. We have to grasp an understanding that we're a part of something bigger we need to quit acting like we're being beat up on and just start being who we are meant to be. And to remember that the one with whom we have faith gets this done. This meeting between Pilate and Jesus is amazing. I think it's a beautiful meeting. In the Gospel of John, we know that John has what we call a, a higher level of Christology. He kind of focuses a little bit more on Christ's divinity than on his humanity. 
They kind of, you know, whereas the synoptic gospels, I would argue, would we kind of focus a lot more on his humanity than on his divinity. But John really wants us to know that Christ, that Jesus Christ is king of the universe. And this comes about clearly in this meeting. Pilate, a Roman ruler, one would say, and we speak about the Romans of that time being rulers of the world. Rulers of the known world. These guys were it. These were, they, they were setting everything. They were setting the tone. They were, their philosophy was, was going everywhere they went. He stands in just as an icon of that, of that power. And yet he asks, after hearing probably many things about this man who is brought before him, his question, are you the king of the Jews? Who are you? And Jesus answers him, knowing that Jesus only wants our hearts. And I can imagine him looking at Pilate. He's not afraid. He's not worried. Do you say this on your own? Or have others told you about me? Do you believe that I'm a king? I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation, your chief priests, your elders, your people handed you over to me. In this conversation, Jesus is seen, at least the way I have prayed over this gospel, he truly is. He's trying to have this this meeting with Pilate, it starts, it, it, even to this point as we were beginning Mass, I started asking myself the question, and it wasn't even part of the homily, it is now. What happened to Pilate after all of this happened? What happened? Because Pilate's a part of this story. Pilate is a part of the passion. What happened to him on Resurrection Day? What have you done? Pilate asked Jesus. My kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom did belong to this world, my attendants would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not here. And Pilate said to him, then you are a king. 
And Jesus, seeing that Pilate has got something going on there, you say, I am a king. For this I was born. And for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Everyone. We've got as church to be listeners of his voice. We have to belong to something that is much greater and bigger and more powerful than what we find in this world. We have to have a hope and a desire to head towards that kingdom, his kingdom of our universal king, so much so that we speak and live as people of something much greater than what we're finding here. Now, Pilate would go on to look at Jesus and say, what is truth? I'm struggling with this. What is truth? But as soon as he would finish saying that question, he would go out to the leaders of the Jewish people who have handed Jesus over, and he would just proclaim, I find no guilt in him. Pilate wants to let him go. But through his human weakness, his, his desire to please, his desire to, 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 be, to, to be seen as a company man for Caesar, he's ultimately going to sign off. Pilate, the world, signs off on the cross. He signs off on this horror. But let's remember, he also decided on what the sign was going to be above his head. Jesus the Nazarene, King of the Jews. And they would ask him, put that he said he was the King of the Jews. Pilate responds, what I have written, I have written. What happened to Pilate? When he would take his last breath in this world, what would his meeting look like? When he meets his king. Behold, he is coming amid the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. All the peoples of the earth will lament him. Yes, amen. I believe that we as church need to engage the gospel in a new way 
in a more life-giving way, to allow it to shape us, to form us, to kick us in the rear end, to start walking and teaching and speaking about this man who wants our hearts and wants the heart of that young lady studying to become an attorney to know who he is. But that's the work of the church. That's my work, and it's your work. As we bring this particular year to a close, next Sunday is the first Sunday of Advent, a new year in an apostolic age. We need to have a question that is burning in our hearts. Who are you, Lord? Are you the king of the Jews? Are you the universal king? Is your kingdom bigger than what we have here? That's what I'm going to try to map out for you. Hopefully with the gift of the Holy Spirit over the next three Sundays. Our mission. Your jobs. What this should look like. And if you come, I will kind of have an expectation that you will jump into it. If you don't want to be a part of the mission, you might not want to come. If you're on the fence, I would suggest you get here. But our world is crying. Our homes are crying. He is coming. How will he find us? Let him find us as his subjects, as his brothers and sisters, his sons and daughters who he placed here in this day, in this time, to proclaim his kingdom. Let him find us doing our work.